Welcome to the Miles Apart Podcast. I'm your host, Guggen. We're running a solo show this one, uh, folks. Um, you know, since Falcon and Winter Soldier ended, there hasn't been enough things, you know, that we had enough talking points for a show. But, um, you know, we didn't want to just not make any shows until um, Loki comes out here in June. So, you know, I watched a few things recently that Jess hasn't gotten around to seeing yet which I'm sure he will eventually watch down the road. And when he does, you know, we'll get his uh, thoughts on that at that time. But, you know, I thought I'd make a show uh, for this one. You know, since it's just me and Jess isn't here, I'm sure we're going to go off on a ton of tangents because he's usually the one in the show that kind of keeps us on target. But, um, you know, so I thought I'd just, you know, I, I, I watched three things recently that, you know, I wanted to kind of talk about. Uh, Wrath of Man, I talked about it briefly on the last episode. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't get into spoilers yet because Jess hadn't watched it. But, um, you know, I think I could talk a little bit spoilers on this one now. You know, hopefully you've seen it by now if you're listening to the show. If you haven't, well, here comes a couple spoilers your way. So Wrath of Man, it kind of falls in line with, you know, what's been kind of the trend um, recently not recently, but like in the re- recently in the past few years of the the type of genre of the movie it is. I, I I would, you know, if you guys have heard the show, I'm very high on nobody, and I've talked about how I love that type of genre of an action movie, and you kind of find out about the character as the movie goes along. And Wrath of Man is, you know, in that genre. I would say, you know, from the trailers we see that it's about a guy that's getting a job at like one of those, you know, like the Brinks trucks or whatever, like the trucks that are, you know, they take cash and transport it and shit like that from businesses. So, you know, he's, he's in, he's joining that, but then it shows that he has a really badass shootout. Who is this guy? He's not just a regular security guard. And then they show that his son, you know, was killed. Um, and you know, it kind of goes from there. So that's the type of movie that I thought it was going into it. And it is for the most part that with a couple of twists and turns um the story i thought was really interesting man the story was a good story that the the way that they told the story you know guy Ritchie being the director here um it was a good movie it, it you know it falls in line with the whole mysterious badass character who more about their past and stuff gets revealed as the movie goes on a lot john wick nobody recently and um so Jason Statham, man, crushes it. Jason Statham doesn't miss. You know, his performances are usually solid and he's a badass. And so the story is that Jason Statham is a mob boss and they are, you know, they rob shit and stuff like this too. And um, so there's he, he's, he's asked by one of his guys to go scout out a truck he's like all i need to know is does it go left or right here and he's like i'm hanging out with my kid he's got a teenage son jason statham does um jason statham does and um you know he's like come on boss it's gonna be five minutes the other guy's out of town i can't do it you go do it and then so he does it and it just so happens when he's scouting that out another band of robbers uh decides to knock over a truck um and that all happens where you know jason's character had parked his car with a son in it shit goes bad they end up killing his son 
Um, they end up shooting him, and you know, the movie that that that's the that, and then he's trying to get revenge, and so that I I like that twist of it where. He's not exactly a good guy either. He's like a mob boss. So he's just he's just trying to get his revenge. And he's just trying to find the guy that killed his son. Who is played by Scott Eastwood. Who I thought did a good job with his performance. You know. And it, the the story overall. You know. It, it, it shows us the point of view from Jason Stateman's character. And then it shows you the point of view from the bad guy's characters. Who you know. My guy from the Burn Notice. He's in there as well and but you know the, it, it, when they're doing all of that it gets kind of choppy there's you know how in most movies there's like in endgame there's a there's a time jump five years later this one is five months later then three months before and then two months later it, it just had so many time jumps you know because they're trying to tell the story from the different characters point of view too but while they're doing that the point of view of the story is changing to be in the point of view of those characters eyes and then they have to do a time jump. It it just gets a little muddy to kind of keep up with all those time jumps. But overall, I thought it was a solid movie. You know, I saw it in theater. Um, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, I would say go check it out. Or, you know, it should be on, available on demand soon too. But I thought it was a cool, I thought it was a cool movie. So it, it does end, you know, like how most fucking bank robber and uh, movies ends with, all of the robbing people pretty much dying. Jason Statement finally getting his revenge. And the ultimate fucking heist has been done too. The ultimate robbing. So I'm sure his character walks away with that as well. But solid movie. Like I said, I already kind of talked about it on the last episode. I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit more um, in depth on this one with the spoilers. I watched it like three weeks ago, man. I, I, I loosely remember it at this point. But I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Uh, the next show, that fucking Netflix, man. That Netflix does this where, you know, the Netflix model, obviously. We all know the Netflix model. When a season comes out, boom, here it is. Ah, take it, you know, just fucking take it, binge watch it, just fucking watch it, you know. Like, they do that with all their shows, Stranger Things and stuff like that. And then you have the Disney Plus model with the Mandalorian shows, the MCU shows, where they're weekly shows. And, you know, you get to drag it out. You keep the conversation going a little bit longer weekly versus the Netflix model where you just dump something the whole first fucking season. And then, you know, people go through it at their own pace. But the thing when they do drop something like that, you have all the episodes right there. So you could fucking binge watch a show in two days is what I did with this next show that I'm going to talk about, Jupiter's Legacy. Um, I had kind of heard about it leading up to it. It's like, oh, Josh Demel's going to be in a superhero show on Netflix. And I was like, I, I, I don't know anything about these characters. I don't know. Are they in a comic book? I don't know. I'm not familiar with them. I don't know what the fuck this is. I saw the trailer. It looked a little hokey with their fucking costumes and stuff. You know, like the little Netflix uh, teasers that they post on there when you're like, hovering over the thing and um one night i was just bored i was just like i got nothing else to do youtube's boring uh tonight you know so fuck it i'll watch one episode i'll give it a shot ended up watching three episodes that night and i think there's a total of eight episodes for the season 
and um they're all they're they're not short episodes either they're about 40 50 minutes long and i think i binge watched it in two days where you know i I do enjoy having a show that i'm binging because then when i know i want to turn on the tv and watch something i have something to watch i know what i'm going to be watching you know sometimes that's a part of it like if it's your night off or whatever you could get so caught up in trying to find the perfect thing to watch that you kind of don't watch anything you know so i watched one episode like i said i ended up going through like three of them and then ultimately finished it in two two three days i think um they look hokey in the first episode because they're all wearing their superhero outfits josh demel has these big white hair and this big beard and overall what the story is current day they're telling two stories about current day and then they're also showing flashbacks of what happened with these characters and how they got to their power so current day these are older superheroes now they have like their own justice league which i think they call the society or something or the council and they have their own fucking justice league and um i'm a dc fanboy so when i say justice league and reference like that that that's essentially what it is and their superman who is the utopian played by josh demel is now older and um he's been a super they've been superheroes since for like 70 years um because the flashbacks that they're showing us take place in the 1920s about when they're first getting their powers and what they're going through so he's older his mantle is going to be up and um his son george is you know trying to be training and you know he might have to take that mantle one day the 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 kind of vibe i got from them is like you know i'm a dragon ball z fan it's like goku and gohan but you know obviously goku's a more not, not their personalities and stuff like that because they're josh demel's character and goku are nothing alike um that you know this the show really goes into um his relationship with his kids and he was busy being a superhero so he was a pretty shitty father it turns out uh you know is what they're showing us and um you know like i said his son is just trying to fill in his steps and be the next utopian when whenever you know he's ready to give up the mantle and he has a terrible relationship with his daughter it shows um you know she's like a model she's still a super she's still super powerful she's still a superhero that's kind of thing there there, there's different superheroes here so the main thing is about the guy that's there's superman his mantle his relationship with his kids and present day there's a lot of other stuff going on where his daughter who's got some self-destructive behavior and you know bad relationship with the family and there's their uncle whose name is god i had their fucking wikipedia pulled up but they don't show him but he's this older guy let's see if i could get it here walter yeah ben daniels plays walter is the brother and um when you first see him you're like there's something off about this guy but then you know as the season goes on it's like oh okay like he's just his brother and you know he's just normal and they all have different superpowers so the brother's like a psychic utopians like the superman he's the strongest of them all and then the other ones have like pretty specific powers like where you know one guy can kind of take apart matter and put it back together there's 
like um there's a kid that has flaming hands there's a dude that could kind of slow down time and then um one of the bad guys hutch you know we we're also following his story he's got this little staff that he could say a destination and it just teleports him there so you know that that's pretty cool and um so yeah it it's it's that world where it's these superheroes and their kids who have powers and there's a lot of other people that have powers and then there's like a council that they that they join and then there's like the top superheroes and then like the younger mentor superheroes that they're mentoring and stuff and then the big thing is their code is we don't try to lead or rule and we don't kill like those are you know that's that's what josh dumel kind of says because they're like you know we can't be the judge jury and the executioner because if we start doing that then what stops us from wanting to influence with the governments and ultimately rule over humanity is what he's saying we can't do we just do the good thing you know we fight the bad guys and we let them govern themselves that's his big thing and um the whole throughout the whole season the struggle is these bad guys are getting worse and worse should we still stick to that code because it's just getting so bad out here a couple of these young superheroes die because uh the guy black star i think is like their main big bad in this um season um who there's a clone of him and they fight they have this big fucking epic uh showdown where that dude's like he's got an antimatter heart or something and he's whooping all of the superheroes ass and he kills like three of the young ones and then he's got the utopian a U- utopian dead to rights he's beating the shit out of him and then george the son has a decision to make what does he do what he decides to do is Superman punches that bitch in the face, caves his head, and kills him. Utopian gets up. No, you took the easy way out. He's like, he was going to kill you. He was going to explode. And, you know, so there's that struggle. And then now the superheroes are struggling with, you know, some are saying, you know, George, you did the right thing. You did the good thing. And, as you know, the Utopian saying, like, you know, we don't kill. that. You went against the code. You took the easy way out. So... They're struggling with that. And then what I really like about the flashback scenes is when it cuts back, the aspect ratio changes. Um, and, you know, so that, that, that's, that's how it kind of helps you keep track of like, oh, this is a flashback and this is current day. Like the screen goes a little, you know, there's the little bars. I don't know my aspect ratios, but there's the little bars um, for current day. And then the flashbacks, it's full screen. And um, so it's, it takes place in the 1920s, the flashbacks do. It's, um, you know, um, Josh Dumel and his brother and their father, they have a steel company, they're successful, big shot, you know, um, businessmen and stuff. And then boom, the stock market collapses, the big crash happens, Josh Dumel's dad jumps off a roof of their building in front of him. And, you know, it comes out later that he, you know, in, in Josh Dumel's eyes, his dad was such a great person because he was taking care of all the workers and stuff, but he had actually gambled away their pensions on expanding the company, and then now they're going out of business, so everybody loses their pension. 
And um, after he dies, Josh Demel starts having visions of his dad. He's got a busted up face. He's like saying shit to him. So he thinks he's losing his mind, but eventually he starts kind of following the visions and he starts to have like these visions of, you know, himself, his brother, this reporter, um, his best friend and a few other guys that they're all like sitting together and then you know he so he starts kind of trying to gather everybody because he's like i'm you know seeing these visions and then the reporter you get to see present day he's already married to her so his wife is a reporter and they show you how they first met and stuff back in the day again it's really interesting that's why i powered through it as fast as i did because it was such an interesting show and i don't know any of these characters so all of this is just new to me and i honestly you know would find myself enjoying the the flashback scenes more than what was happening current day in a lot of the episodes and i was just like man i just want to know i just want to go back and see how they got their powers and how they got their powers was interesting when they eventually he got everybody together they go on this mysterious magic island and put their shit aside and go through and they somehow end up on jupiter and then after that they have their powers and you know that's when they form the council and stuff and you know they the, his friend george who they don't show present day until the last episode which they don't physically actually show him it's when uh, the brother's character mentally, you know, Walter goes into this fucking, it's trippy, but, um, they don't really show him present day. What they just talk about him is Sky Fox, he betrayed us and now he's become the greatest supervillain. So, you know, present day, you know that, but in the flashbacks, you're kind of seeing how that happened, but they're setting up kind of the seeds between the George character and Walter, um, Josh DeMille's brother and you know that george character was was it was just hilarious because he was this you know in the 1920s he was this like ultra wealthy guy and it would show how he wakes up you know he's he like smokes a cigarette in the bathtub he's listening to music shaving picking out his jewelry picking out his ties picking out his outfit he meets his butler and then he goes through this giant fucking dining room where he's like i have the chef made 99 eggs they're all soft boiled on a degree from you know one to 99 and he tells them hmm i think i'm like a 72 this day so whatever he feels like eating that's what he takes. it just over the top ridiculous stuff but um so the first season was interesting man like i said like i i i freaking binged it because it was so interesting and i thought the story was compelling it was good um the performances i would say were good the characters i liked all of them for the most part his daughter's character you know chloe is a little annoying at times but you know i think that's the character she's playing a character with self-destructive behavior who's got a terrible relationship you know had an absentee father pretty much growing up and there's all this pressure in uh, the public eye. So, you know, she's dealing with it, you know, as best as she can in her way. But um, overall, all the characters were pretty compelling. They built a really interesting world with, you know, these superheroes who are now older 
and they have kids and their relationships with their kids and their kids have powers and setting up the world and doing everything like that. And I'm looking forward to season two, man, because, you know, in the big finale at the end, again, if you haven't seen this yet, you, you definitely should. At the big finale at the end, it turns out it was the brother all along. So, you know, season two will go more into that, which I'm pretty sure it's going to get picked up for a season two. But then again, you never know. Um, I think uh, Jess was telling me that people were trying to cancel Josh Demel because he wished Army Hammer, like, good luck or something, which, you know, you can't do that because Army Hammer is canceled. You can't show support to him, even though you might be friends, but, you know. Um, so on IMDb, it has a 6.9 out of 10, and on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 38%. That's pretty rough. They kind of enjoyed it. I didn't think it would be that low on Rotten Tomatoes, but, you know, check it out. If you're looking for something new to watch, Again, it's like eight episodes. It gives you something to watch, something to binge if you go through it like a crazy person like I do. And um, the next movie I saw, I saw this just the other day in theater. So the funny thing about this one is it's Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. It's a Netflix movie. So um, I was talking to Jess and my other buddy like last week. I was like, like, because ever since the theaters opened up again, man, I've been trying to get out there as much as I can. I just enjoy going to the movies so fucking much, man. And um, I was like, oh, I think I'm gonna go watch Army of the Dead. And then um, our buddy was like, it's on, it's a Netflix movie. So it's gonna come out on Netflix, right? I was like, oh, if it's coming out on Netflix, then I'm not gonna go watch it. And then um, I saw like, oh, it releases this day. I think it was like last Thursday. And then I go on Netflix, it's not there. I was like, what the fuck? I search for it, it's not there. And I Google it. The Netflix release date's not till like, the 20-something, 21st. So I was like, fuck this. Like, I need something to do. I'm going to go watch it. So I saw it the other day. It was a trip. Um, it, This was the first movie that I saw in a theater that had, like, you know, in the beginning, the credits, it had Netflix. Um, it felt kind of weird watching the giant Netflix end on this giant movie screen. But it it, it was nice, man. But um, so it's a... It's a zombie movie directed by Zack Snyder. Dave Bautista is your star here. And um, I don't know. Is it based off a video game? Army of the Dead? I don't know. But um, it's a pretty ridiculous concept. It's um, post-apocalyptic. Zombie apocalypse has happened. Um, They've sealed off Vegas because that's where the outbreak happened. And, you know, they've sealed that off and what's happening is you know they're going to nuke Vegas ultimately so what they're going to what they're trying to do is rob the money in this casino before it gets nuked so the really cool thing that army of the dead did that you know some other movies do sometimes and you know but this is like the first time i watched a movie where the opening credits introduced us to the characters and the opening credits while the music is playing it kind of is a movie in its own like so first you get the opening you know scene of the movie where it's these it's these uh, soldiers taking unknown cargo you know they're transporting it and they're like we just picked it up from area 51 what do you think it could be it's the driver and the other um you know passenger soldier talking about this 
And then they're also showing us these two people that just got married. And, um, you know, they're taking selfies and stuff. And then they're like, ooh, yeah. And then she's like, baby, since you made an honest woman out of me, I'm going to give you something. And she starts blowing him as they're driving. So a blowjob ends the world in this movie. So she's blowing him and he's just like, oh, yeah. Like eyes rolling in the back of his head. Must be some good stuff. And uh, boom, head on into the truck carrying that cargo. And the cargo goes flying. Boom, boom, boom. The soldiers are kind of looking at it, seeing what's it about. And then one of the worst soldiers in probably the military gets on the radio. Hey, um, you know, like we, we had an accident. We need backup. And then she's like, okay, backup's on his way. What's the what's the status of the cargo? And he's like, oh, the cargo? Hmm. Um, compromised. Yeah, it's compromised. And she's like, and as while he's doing this, there's a soldier slowly walking up to it to go check it out because the door's opened. And she's like, she's like, soldier, get away from the cargo. Get as far away as you can. He's like, what? She's like, get your fucking men out of there now. And he's just like, Hey, um, they say you shouldn't go near that. Like, so nonchalant. And then what happens is out of the cargo, it's the alpha zombie. Whatever. They didn't go into what the origins of it are or anything like that. But the, the like the alpha zombie comes out, murders our horrible soldier and uh, another guy. They, they you know, they, they try to run away. Alpha hunts him down, turns them, and then he's standing over Vegas as the opening credits start to roll. And in the opening credits, what I liked that I haven't like seen executed as well as, like I said, it's a story in of its own where it's showing you like a montage sequence of these people that are just regular people. Like, you know, that lost their families during the beginning of the apocalypse. And they started to fight and go against these zombies. And the story that is showing is of this lady. And, you know, she's like holding a picture of her daughter and stuff. And they're going through and they finally find her daughter. And then they're, you know, they, they, they rescue her. And they're coming back. Again, this is all, there's no dialogue. It's just the rolling of like rolling like we're just getting into the movie so like they found her daughter they're coming back and then you know they have the door open they're they're coming back in but her and her daughter that they just rescued get the zombies grab them the zombies grab her and then her daughter sees that and goes mom and like runs back to her and is hugging her and the zombies are swarming them and, you know, it has Batista's character and another character. They're, like, trying to go back. But then the guards are holding them back. And, you know, the zombies start killing that lady and her daughter. And then they drop the crates on them to close the door. And that's the fucking rolling of the credits. And then, you know, it goes into it. Like, Batista's character is, like, working at some burger joint. And then our guy... That plays fucking Scorpion in Mortal Kombat. He, he's he been crushing it lately, man. Good for him. Um, Hiroki Senada. I think that's his name. Yeah. He's 
he he comes to Batista with a proposal. Hey, there's this vault in the bank, or no, the vault in the casino. It's got two hundred and fifty million. It's insured money. I've already been paid. It's untraceable, you know, like or or like it's insured money. It's already been paid, so the money that's there is untraceable. All you got to do is go in, break in, take the money, and then you get fifty million. And you know, you form a team and you split it up however you want. And he's like, "Don't, don't, don't tell me your response now. Think about it." And then Batista's like. So they're, like, in a bad financial situation. It seems like a lot of these characters. What I didn't really get is they have, like, a a quarantine. Like, they, they have Vegas walled off, sealed off. So they sealed off the zombie invasion to Vegas, which Vegas is kind of, like, the perfect location of this because if you've ever been to Vegas, it's literally just in the middle of the desert. So they just seal it off, and then the zombies have overtaken Vegas, and they, they, ruin, they, they run Vegas now. The zombies run it. And um, next to it is, like, some quarantine area where people are, like, living in, like, these camps where they can't leave for some reason. And then um, we have uh, Batista's daughter. I think her name is Kate. And, you know, beautiful, I just want to say. And... um, She's like a volunteer there, and you know they sh- they they set up her relationship with one of the women that's living there in the camp and her kids, and then um, so ultimately that woman is like, we need money to get out of here. For some reason, they need money to get their way out of there. I don't know why they don't really they're not really clear about that, but um, so that lady they also have a coyote at the camp that like leads people in and you know whatever so they set that all that up batista forms his team and they're gonna go back in and his daughter who's a volunteer is gonna give him a give him a ride to um you know to go in because it's a no-fly zone they all can't fly in but they could fly out because there's a helicopter on top (laughs) of the casino so he recruits his team. Uh, you know, the team has some interesting characters. And there's just a German guy who's like the safe breaker. Why they're breaking the safe, I don't know. Because I thought the casino belonged to the the Hunter Bly character. I thought it was his casino, the one that's telling him to take the money and is saying that it's insured. That's what I thought. I might have thought wrong. And, like, it's it doesn't belong to him. And he's just trying to, you know, get money from another casino. That's why they would be breaking into the safe. Because I was like, if this is that guy's casino, why are they having to break into a safe? Like, shouldn't he just know the combination to tell them? But it's, like, a really sophisticated safe. And they need this German guy to break it. And he's an inter- interesting character, the pilot. I thought she was she was she was pretty funny. Um bad dialogue, you know, the dialogue's a little rough. Like some of the 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 fucking scenes that they have, the dialogue's not the best and um so blah 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 blah. The it turns out the woman that his daughter has like a relationship with a friendship with she snuck in the coyote led them in because she's trying to get the money but they never came out so she's like now i want to go in too and batista's like no 
you can't but they end ultimately they all end up going in because she wants to rescue her friend and batista and them are running their mission and um what i really liked is that these aren't just like your regular typical brain dead zombies these are smarter they're more coordinated vegas is like their kingdom um she's like you know this is their kingdom like you got to respect them and go by their rules so when they go in first there's a zombie tiger that used to belong to Siegfried and Roy so it's a white half like you know undead zombie tiger which is just fucking crazy and then it's like the queen and like you know one of like the bodyguards or whatever they they greet you there and what they do is they offer like a sacrifice or an exchange for passage in the in way of a douchebag rapist security guard you know from the from the camp so they leave him pretty much for dead they take him so you know they're establishing these zombies are more advanced and the head alpha zombie that we see in the beginning that started all this he has a cape and wears like a bulletproof fucking helmet so he's like the ultimate badass and you know shit happens they ultimately get away with no money um the like one of the uh, one of the fucking he- the head of security for the guy goes in with the team because he's like you know to keep an eye on them he's not a part of batista's team but what he's the the real mission is to get the head of like one of the zombies so they could weaponize it blah 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 it's like the same kind of thing as jurassic park and you know that's ultimately oh they don't give a fuck about the money this is what they really want and you know once they he fucking kills the queen zombie pisses off our alpha and he kills everybody um one of the team members gets locked in the vault everybody else either dies and they have some cool deaths they kind of happen fast because i was thinking to myself at the end of the movie when it's just like batista and the coyote left i was like oh shit everybody else died or except for the exception of the one guy that's locked in the safe so they kind of they, they kind of go through it quick and um you know some explosions and bad it's it's super violent and gory which you know is what you want from a zombie movie and um you know ultimately they get out of there and like the whole fucking plot is that hey we're gonna nuke vegas on fourth of july because the president thinks that's like the ultimate firework and thinks it's cool and then when they're there so they're like all right we got a day and whatever time to get it and when they get there it's like oh yeah so they watch the news and it's like the president has actually you know been told not to do it on fourth of july so they're bumping it up a day and then it's like oh shit we only have an hour so the nuke is there to kill the zombies but they're flying away at the end and the alpha jumps into the plane they get out of there vegas gets nuked and batista and you know his daughter and the friend the daughter's friend that gets rescued and the pilot are flying away crash landing batista kills the alpha gets bit has a moment with his daughter he turns she kills him because their whole arc is that she saw him kill her mom his wife 
because the wife had become a zombie. And um, so she ultimately has to do that again, which was after the crash landing, they show the pilots dead. They don't show her friend who, you know, she made a big deal about rescuing. They don't really show her, but I think we're just supposed to assume that she survived. And ultimately, Kate gets away with some money to go free her friend and her kids who are whatever that again the story was whatever the gore was good i thought batista's performance was pretty good i think this guy's getting better and better as an actor and he said after doing this movie he's like after watching Zack snyder direct i believe i could direct now which could either be a really big compliment as in you know he makes it look easy and you know like he he I learned a lot from him where I feel like I could direct now, or it's like a backhanded compliment where like, if this guy could direct, I could direct, but, um, um, but yeah, so I thought his performance was good. Again, the story was all, it was whatever. Um, I like, like I said, I liked what they did with the zombies, the whole thing about they're not just half dead. So the ones I get bit by the alpha are like actually strong and capable and shit like that they're not just like the typical mind dead zombies and um so the what the ultimate thing is at the end after vegas has been nuked the guy that was locked in the vault kicks open the door leaves vegas if a nuclear bomb has just gone off there i'm pretty sure the radiation is enough to kill you but he walks out of there with a bunch of money and gets to some desert gets to some airplane airport rents a private jet has these hot ass fucking stewardess on there with him isn't feeling good he's in the bathroom at the end bite mark so it's like the infection and the zombie infection lives because it didn't get just taken out because you know it's the outbreak has now with him in the plane he's gonna turn but the thing is if he turns he's not the alpha zombie so theoretically it would just be that they're gonna be weaker zombies but ultimately that's where it ends again i thought it was okay i would say don't go watch it in a theater at this point it's gonna be on netflix just watch it on netflix it is pretty long it's uh two hours and 28 minutes like fucking Zack snyder this doesn't need to be this long but um you know there's some movies that are two and a half hours like this and you're like damn it went by so fast that didn't feel like two and a half hours um at some parts of this movie i was thinking to myself like what am i going to do when i go home after this so i was kind of waiting for it to end so that did kind of happen which doesn't happen with me often but um you know again I i think it was just okay it's got a uh, 7.5 on IMDb, 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, 57% media critic. I would say it's about like a six and a half. I'd give it like a six and a half. I think that'd be fair. Six and a half to a seven. You know, it's 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 cool in the sense it's a zombie movie set in Vegas, and they're trying to rob a bank or rob a casino so the you know like it's it's the ultimate like popcorn movie so i would say it was entertaining but uh six and a half to a seven for me and i think i've rambled long enough guys thank you so much for listening 
Um, again, you know, we want, I wanted to make this episode. So, you know, we're just not, so there's an extended break between, you know, the beginning of Loki, which should be happening here soon, which we're both excited about. And, you know, we'll go back to the weekly, uh, recap shows for that. And, um, soon. So whenever that does release and, you know, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you know, follow us on Twitter, miles of our pod, uh, you know, so if you like the show, please subscribe, share, you know, tell somebody about the show. Uh, and, you know, that'll just help us grow because we want to continue to make more of these. We really enjoy making these. And, um, yeah, rate and review. That's an important thing. Please do rate and review. Uh, you know, we do look at those and we do appreciate you guys listening. So until next time, this is Guggen signing off on Miles Apart Podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>